Listener Production. Brooke Boney and Linda Mariano's Dream Club. Welcome to another episode of Brooke and Linda's Dream Club, where each week we go to the Gallery of Culture and pop a red sticker on our favourite paintings of moments. And this week, little Lindy, sweetie pie cutie, is having a little break and stepping into her big, warm, fart-covered seat is (laughs) Tate McGregor. Smells so good in here. (laughs) It's warm. You can't deny that. It's warm. Tate's normally our producer on Dream Club. Um, So it's so beautiful to hear her little voice um, as an official woofie. Thank on, you. On the podcast. Well, I've always felt like an official woofie, but it's good to like step out from behind the booth and be a part of the laughs this time instead of stifling them, you know? <laughs> yeah, instead of shushing us. <laughs> yeah. Instead of frowning from over the top of the computer. <laughs> or being like, don't say that. No, 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 no. No, don't. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. no. And this week we are going to have a chat about Jennifer Lawrence because she's back in the spotlight to promote her latest movie, but she's back with a little bit of baggage. A little bit of baggage. My doppelganger. We she's love your to doppelganger. know more about her. Yeah, it's, it's like looking into my future. I think legally you have to be a part of the chat. And we're going to chat to the incredible author Omar Bin Musa about his book, Killanova. Now, Brooke, I've been stalking our socials on Instagram at the Dream Club podcast. And we've had this lovely message from Belle Woody who wants to thank you because you put into words how special the unconditional love from family is. She's going to go see her family for the first time in almost a year in Queensland and she just has too many emotions. It's so special. So thank you for articulating and validating those emotions for her. I feel like that's so sweet because you do... You do talk about your family really beautifully and I can't wait to meet the one and only Leonie Boney Leone one Boney, day. she's such a character. Oh, my God. Belle, you're going to have such a lovely time when you go home. Get all of the cuddles. Just regress, regress, mm. regress, regress. That's my advice. That's that's all you can do at Christmas. Yeah. Christmas time, you just regress into a tiny child. You got to. You absolutely got to. Hey, let's get into it, Tatey. Dream Club. So, J-Law is in a new movie. Uh, It's about to come out on the 9th of December. It is called Don't Look Up. It's about two low-level astronomers who have to go on a a huge tour, a media tour, to warn everyone that a comet might destroy the whole planet. The trailer looks hilarious. It's got an all-star cast. It's got Leonardo DiCaprio, Timothy Chalamet, Jonah Hill, um, Ariana Grande is in it as well. For Meryl Streep's in there. Meryl there are Streep. so it's- many huge names. I hear there's uh, something you don't like the looks of. We discovered a very large comet. Oh, good for you. It's headed directly towards Earth. It actually looks bonkers, but the worst part is that it's based off true events. So there must have been in one point a huge comet coming towards Earth. <laughs> These people trying to warn us about it. I never got the memo. I didn't either. Did you get? Yeah. Obviously, their media tour wasn't that big. Yeah. Well, then there's everyone telling them that they're spreading fake news. <laughs> the thing that I love about it as well is seeing Jennifer Lawrence um, in the press photos. And she's got a beautiful baby bump. And she's done this huge spread for Vanity Fair. And she's like, I'm back. I'm back, baby. Because she's been... I'm back, baby. (laughs) Baby. Because she's been missing for 
like sort of laying low for the last mm. few years. I feel like there are a few huge events that, um, you know, she became pretty well known for and became the face of, um, if not like the body of, you know, the, the huge, that huge data leak, the scandal, yeah. that was really, really gross and invasive. Anyway, she has taken a, a step back. She very famously doesn't have Instagram, doesn't have a Facebook presence either. Um, but she's back and I was reading in this Vanity Fair article that she is coming back but with some trepidation because she has a husband who's a real cutie mm-hmm. little art dealer and she's pregnant. She's about to have a baby. That's crazy. You told me this just before and I had no idea no idea, but I feel like that's kind of the new way for celebrities to have children, that they disappear for a while, come back, particularly for first-time mums, and then re-enter having gone through this super intimate process. Like Kylie Jenner, that's the first one. Yeah, and come then we're back seeing and then it again. Like, launch your baby, soft launch your baby. Soft launch your baby, we know how to do it, we know how to do it. <laughs> like I feel like Jennifer Lawrence, she was like the people's person in terms of celebrities, like so, such a relatable gal, like give me the pizza. Where's the pizza? And for her to kind of redact this part of her from the social light, props to her. I think it's really wonderful too. And I think that there's something um, that just is so on brand for her about holding back Mm. a huge part of of who she is, like, um, you know, to to not have a a publicly released set of photos um, from from her wedding or, Mm. you know, to not be like publicly announcing her engagement. And now sort of the next step in the relationship slash family life plan, the having of the baby, like she's not giving people what they want. And it sort of made me think like why do we always expect that people who have this sort of public profile follow that sort of plan that's laid out for them like, oh, you you have to show us the engagement ring. Oh, okay, well, you have to put out photos of the wedding dress. Oh, okay, well, like the baby's born now. Okay, well, we need to see a photo of the baby's face when it's born. I think we forget that these people get into this industry having a love for a craft and then this is just the baggage that comes with it. Like Jennifer Lawrence didn't sign up to be a world-class actor wanting to share her intimate details with everyone. She only got into it because she loves to act and then this is something that she's been like, wait, hold up, this is fame, this is celebrity, I don't want to be a part of that and I don't need to be a part of that to get ahead. Can I ask you something? Because you're um, a little bit younger than me and so you would have grown up with Jennifer Lawrence in all of those movies, mm. you know. Yeah. <laughs> and as a Jennifer Lawrence lookalike, yeah. you know, the, everyone looked up to her and she was sort of the cool girl yeah, of she was like sort of big sister. Generation. Yeah. Like really, yeah, she was cool. And now she's becoming this mom. Yeah, I was going to say, does it make you feel weird? It actually does make me feel a little weird. It's one of those days where I'm like, I've never thought about the day when Jennifer Lawrence becomes a mom, but I feel like it's something that she'll totally rebrand. She'll be a cool mom. She'll be a cool mom. mom. She's not going to be a chuggy mom. Like She's like a Blake Lively in that sense. Like Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds, cool parents. I feel like that will be Jennifer Lawrence. That will be Jennifer Lawrence as well. And you know what? She's a role model for us all telling Mm. us that we actually don't have to follow the rule book. We actually don't have to share every part of our intimate relationships on socials for everyone else to to gobble up. Mm. So we're, we're still learning. Still learning. Throw it out the window. 
So 2021, we have seen some huge albums, most of which we've covered on the Dream Club. You know, we're talking Drake, Kanye, uh, Billie Eilish. That was this year, unbelievable. I know. We had Olivia Rodrigo, Doja Cat. Last week we talked about Taylor Swift. But the biggest, the most anticipated album, we don't say this lightly, we've been waiting for six years, has to be the one that came out last Friday, Adele's 30. She disappeared for a while. She got married. She had a child, Angelo. She got a divorce in 2019 and then penned 30. So we all knew that this album was probably going to be a bit of a divorce album. She said that it's her most personal yet, which is astonishing considering how just heart-wrenching her other works have been. So we knew it was going to be a tearjerker. We saw that you were crying with the first single Easy On Me. (laughs) To be fair... That song does still get me. Like, it really punches you in the gut. So it when does. We, and also, I was doing the hormone injections. True. And so, you know, when I'm... a touchy I'm, time. I, yeah, I'm on tender hooks when that's going on because, like, literally an Ariana Grande song can send me over the edge. So <laughs> Adele right. is, like, turbocharged. And she's, like, trying so hard, you know. They were getting through, going through a divorce and everyone's trying their hardest to be the best they can. Okay, well, if you're also feeling a little touchy at this time, maybe grab a big box of tissues because this whole album, she's got 12 tracks, it's about an hour's worth, is a tearjerker. I never cry in music. And there was one song on there in particular that had me just... Like, face contorted, just disgusting. Okay, can I ask which song was it and what moment in the song was it that set you off? Because for me, if something makes me cry, it's like one thing in particular. Say if I'm watching like a Qantas ad, it's like when the the mother hugs the child. That's, you know, or like... You, the, the mm. boyfriend kisses the girlfriend on, mm-hmm. on the forehead or something. There's always a moment that triggers it. There was a specific moment. I'm someone who doesn't really relate to love songs so much. I've never been in love, Brooke. So this one is one that doesn't really tackle with that. It's called My Little Love. And it's a song about Angelo. And she's recorded these voice notes about these really beautiful conversations they have at bedtime together. And she says things like, uh, mommy's going through some big feelings at the moment. And he's like, what do you mean big feelings? She's like, I don't know. I don't really know what it is. And then she talks about feeling lost and for the first time in her life that she's feeling lonely. And it was just like this moment of like, oh, like Adele feels lonely too. Because you just imagine that she's just surrounded by this big, beautiful team that support her. And no matter how supportive she feels, that she can still feel alone and isolated. And she was talking about that. And she was in a particular moment where, you know, she had the Sunday scaries. She was hungover. Um, she was, like, tearing up made me cry. cry I'm literally like, oh, my cry, God. <sighs> just this such a – she was just in your ear. And mm. maybe it's because I'm like, don't see family at the moment. My family are in interstate, so I haven't seen them in a year. But if Adele can feel that, it validates your feelings. Mm. Like, Belle said at the start of our episode. Maybe you and Belle could do your road trip up like together. <gasps> to Queensland. Yeah, yeah. Because you both got to go to Brisbane. So yeah. you could like get snacks. You could sing Adele on the way. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like, you know. Literally. Okay, but the thing that I do love about this album, the musicality of it, it's actually not a very polished album compared to her other ones. But I think that makes it all the better. It's very raw and it's diverse. She has all these different moments. You've got the intro track is Strangers by Nature, which she wrote with a composer. So it's more of like a, 
um, cinematic, you know, theatrical piece. You've got Cry Your Heart Out, Oh My God, Can I Get It, which are more of these radio play, poppier ones, sick bass lines, I Drink Wine, it's a gospel-infused anthem. You have these softer ballads like To Be Loved, that's just mm. like second last song. It's a song written to Angelo as an adult, so it's something that he can listen back on and it's Adele talking about how she built this house for them to be loved in and then when it kind of crumbled, she really did try. Mm. I think it's the songs about kids. What the heck? Yeah, I, I think it's know. a real, it sounds like it's a real sort of parent moment yeah. that's getting to you there. Yeah. You miss your mum. I do miss you my mum. You miss mom. your dad. I miss my dad. Um, of course, we can't talk about the Adele um, release without talking about all of the huge public relations mm. um stuff that goes on around a big release like this. We saw the huge Oprah special in the US where she sat in the same chairs as Meghan Markle and, and spilled <laughs> yeah. her guts. Um, we saw the huge ITV special in the UK with Emma Thompson standing up and doing oh, some really dancing. cute mum dancing yes. <laughs> after a couple of shardies <laughs> and, and the beautiful interaction that she had with her English teacher. And, of course, for, like, much of the last week, um, you know, there was the... What was trending in Australia was the fact that there was a Channel 7 reporter who was sent over to do the interview but mm. um, for the Australian market, but it wouldn't be released because of the interaction that the two of them had. Now, I don't know anything um, other than sort of what's been reported yeah. in the papers. And I don't want to be sort of mean-spirited about it and be like, how could you possibly F this up or whatever? Yeah. Because you don't really know what the details are unless you're sort of involved in it. But I thought I would give you like a little bit of insight as to like what it's like when you do go and do one of these big sort of junket interviews or you get like one of these big things where you have to fly somewhere. And so when you're doing something like that, you'll get like a link sent to you to be able to preview all of the content. And I think that that's what happened with this. And you would have been privy to this sort of thing before yeah. where a record label will send you an, an email, e an e-card, and you click on it and you have to like type in your email and password and a bunch of other things. Yeah, it gets encrypted to your device. So yeah. You can't share you it. You can't share it with anyone. You can't, like, connect it to anything. Sometimes it's you can't even listen to it through a speaker or watch yeah. it on, like, Apple TV or something like that. Um, and, and so I, a part of me is, like, I can sort of understand how someone would overlook an email that looked generic like that, but at the same time sort of weighing that up against the fact that you haven't probably been overseas for two years. This is such a huge opportunity to interview a megastar, one of the biggest stars on the planet right now in Adele, and surely someone at some stage would have asked the question about, you know, whether or not someone had listened to it. You know, for, for me, even just on the Today Show, we have like a whole team of producers that help me with the stuff that we put to air every day. And so there's like a whole bunch of checks and balances that sort of are a bit askew. A bit askew. So I don't want to cast judgment too harshly and I don't want to sort of shit can anyone. It's obvious that someone's made a mistake somewhere along the line. And I feel really bad because, you know, obviously I don't want to like laugh at anyone's mm. misfortune. But it is a thing where I don't feel like it's a singular blame. It's not just this reporter. They do typically have a team of producers and as being your producer, mm. I would make sure if you're going to go interview Adele that you've listened to her album, you've Next got time, the... if we get Adele on... Yeah, if we Adele, ever get Adele on the Dream Club Adele, podcast... you can be sure that all three of us will have listened to your album many a times before yep. you step foot in our studio. Not once, not twice, maybe even thrice. Hey, maybe 30 times. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
Brooke Boney and Linda Mariano. The Dream Club. So for a lot of people, you know, you have this idea in your head when it comes to poetry about how it sounds, how it looks, the sort of people who write poetry, the sort of people who read poetry. Well, here to blow our tiny friggin' minds is a very good friend of mine, Omar bin Musa. He's a Malaysian-Australian author, poet, rapper, and now visual artist from Queanbeyan, New South Wales, right near Canberra. Um, He's released um, hip-hop records and um, three books of poetry. His debut novel, Here Comes the Dog, was published in 2014, and he's just about to release his latest offering, which is a beautiful meshing of visual art and poetry in Kilanova. Omar bin Musa. It's so lovely to talk to you, darling heart. How are you? I'm so well. Yeah, I'm feeling grateful, feeling blessed, a little bit nervous, having my new book out. But yeah, I'm stoked. Tell us a little bit about the book because, I mean, I spent so much time with you over the phone as you were like pulling this together during lockdown. And so I feel like I I know like certain parts of it, like a little bit intimately. And it's so special. Well, a few years ago, I was back in Borneo, which is um, where my dad's from. It's my my homeland. And uh, I was trying to find a new form with which to express myself and somehow really haphazardly I linked up with a whole bunch of guys in the punk rock scene um, different activists who did woodcuts and they made woodcut prints by carving into wood rolling it with ink and then pressing it to paper or cloth using their feet and so I learned how to make woodcut prints with my feet (laughs) and uh, and I got obsessed with the form and I started making art I never thought I would be working in the visual arts but I started combining this visual form with poetry and stories. And so I came up with this book, Killanova, which I pretty much put together this year, as, as you said, um, which is, yeah, like a, a meditation on Southeast Asia and history, legacy, family, uh, Harry Styles, KFC, lockdown, fever dreams, turtles, leopards, envisioning myself as a leopard dancing over the treetops. It's, um, it's a super weird book, but I think, that it's really cool and hopefully there's nothing else like it. That sounds like there's something for everyone in there. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Styles, you Harry, got me. KFC, yeah. Oh, my God, oh. you're speaking to the right audience. I've loved seeing all of the people sort of react to it online. Do you get, like, nervous about putting out something where, like, that's your, like, innermost thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's terrifying. I'm not going to lie to you. I get really nervous about it. I also do have imposter syndrome, you know, I mean, I've only been making this visual art for the last three years, but you know, I think that's something I have to get over because if you're going to be brazen enough to put a book out there all over the country of your own art, then, you know, you should just shut up about this imposter syndrome. But yeah, I mean, it's, I think there's no good art without a huge element of risk, you know, risking, um, taking emotional and intellectual leaps, risking, uh, trying new forms and, and stylistic experimentation and trial and error. And of course, the problem or well, the thing about a risk is that you can fall flat on your face, you know, but I do think it's important to at least try because otherwise we're just going to be making really boring fence sitter, white bread art. And, you know, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in pushing at the boundaries, even if it's a magnificent failure in the end, you know, so I've, I've no idea what this is, but that's up for other people to decide. You're a rapper, you're a poet, you're an author, you're an artist. What risk have you taken that's failed? 
Uh, <laughs> I have tried to dunk a basketball many times and I've failed every <laughs> time. Uh, I would uh. say most of my relationships have been <laughs> risks. <that> <laughs> But it's important that you try. You have to. You You got to wear your heart on your sleeve. You don't get this poetry only out of uh, beauty. You know, you need some pain in there. You need some heartbreak. Exactly, exactly. And so, you know, like you say, a storyteller is a reliever of sorrows. So it's not just the audience's sorrows that are getting relieved when you tell a story, but the storyteller himself too. I love that because I feel like there are so many outlets for those emotions that are kind of aggressive. Like you see... You know, people might do sport, boxing, fighting, but you've Take turned jobs, to drinking. yeah, destructive. But you've turned to poetry to work through it. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's um, it's maybe my way of showing that there are different ways of expressing yourself that don't have to be destructive. You know, because so many of the ways that we are conditioned as Australian men to behave are destructive, and through acts of raw force and physicality and and um. And I think uh, that only having those few ways of expressing yourself sort of erode us and erode our identities and, and diminish us, you know, as human beings. And so it's really important that we can find different ways of expressing ourselves. Um, well, not just as men, just like as people in general. Hey, um, we're going to let you go in a second, but um, I actually was just thinking for like the last two minutes, I reckon I would be able to slam dunk if I practiced enough. You're tall. You've got a tall build. I know. My arms are really long. And so just then when you were saying it, I was like, I reckon I reckon I could do it. You can slam dunk and Omar can slam poetry. Oh, just, my just God. Just a couple was of slammers. Was that all a big setup? <laughs> no, it wasn't. But it's, that's, I mean, that's beautiful. That was an alley-oop. That's yeah. what that was. Oh. Yeah. Um, Omar, congrats again on Kill the Nova. It's available for pre-order right now. We'll put a link in our show notes. But thanks for joining us on the Dream Club. No, I appreciate it so much. Um, yeah, I feel really blessed to talk to you guys. Dream Club. Always be ready to step up. Just in case you need to clean that reusable water bottle that you're always using. It probably has mold in the lid of it. I think about that way more than I should. The mold in the crevices of reusable things. And if you can kind of taste it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> if you, again, haven't started your Christmas shopping, start it right Oh my god, no, wait till Friday for the Black Friday sales and then buy everything then. Let's dream. I'm very honored to now be a part of the DNM. It's your favorite time of the week, Brookie. <laughs> Go on, Ew. give us a give us an owl. Okay, here we go. Let me sit back. Arroo! And then I'm a little dog when I go. <laughs> Oh, um, Katie, it's been so lovely having you step into Lindy's shoes for a week. I gotta say, this seat is very comfortable. It's very warm. Lindy, if you don't want to come back for another week, I'll happily sit here again. But we do miss her. We do miss our little Wolfie. We miss our little Wolfie. But this is our favourite time of the week where we get to have a little Dream Club update, a little DM, let you know a bit about what we're thinking about, ruminating on, working towards. Brookie, what's happening in your world? Do you know, I sometimes have the great pleasure of doing some very serious stories about some very serious things. 
And one of the ones that I worked on um, in uh, the last couple of weeks is was with her family, um, and um, they have a young uh, younger brother who's mm. called Marcus, and he's only four years old. And um, I went to visit him at a palliative care place, which means that he is at the end of his life, even though he's only four years old. This place is called Bear Cottage and it's filled with children who are going through similar things. And it's incredibly sad. It's incredibly heartbreaking. It's for a special that we're filming for Channel 9 um, for the Light Up Christmas Appeal. And it just made me think, you know, we spend so much time as a society, as a community, obsessing over youth and how we look, you know, if our bodies have got more cellulite, if our faces have more wrinkles, if things have changed since we were younger, like maybe we're a bit more banged up and bruised and emotionally scarred than what we were when we were younger. But it really made me think that we should never forget that it is a real privilege to grow old and that there are a lot of people who really don't deserve it, who never get that opportunity. So it should never be something that we take for granted. It's a bit of a serious one. Um, and I I, ha- I did get really, really emotional about it when I had to do the story. But uh, yeah, I think that that's my Dream Club update for the week. What's your Dream Club update, Tati? Oh, it's not nearly as um, sentimental as that. It's <laughs> something that's been stressing me out. Thank goodness, because we need a little bit of levity. <laughs> We need a little bit of levity. <laughs> yes, we do. Okay, Brooke, this is something that's been stressing me out recently. It's cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency, mm. I feel like it's something that completely baffles my brain. But it's one of those things that I know that when I turn 60, I'll think, damn, I wish I had gotten into crypto when I first heard about it in my 20s. Do you reckon that it's the same as how we think of like Apple or Microsoft stocks now? Yeah. Like, oh, if only we'd built, bought like $100 worth of them, we'd be... We'd be billionaires. We'd be so rich. Oh, no. Well, We yes, might be able to afford a house in Sydney. Literally. Yeah, that would be nice. It'd be nice to afford a house to live in. But it's one of those things where I'm like, no, I actually do need to sit down, learn how it works, how these different wallets happen, NFTs, blockchains, like all these weird internet concepts. Mm. And get my head around it because I feel like there are so many people getting ahead right now. It's like such a good time to do it. I don't even know if I should be sharing these plans. I know. Do on you know a podcast. Now you're Maybe saying I'm it. just redacting all of this. Yeah, beep it all out. I'm going to beep it all out. As you were saying this, it's making me think that we should probably get someone on to explain all of this to us. Yeah. Because you're right. We need to know. We need to be like literate. And I'm already feeling like I'm five years too late to this party. Mm. So I don't want to be another five years later, mm-hmm. knowing that it's still going to be rising. Yeah. So that is my Dream Club Could update. Be- I'm going to at least sit down and apply myself to reading or watching crypto blogs. It sounds like a real punish, yeah. but an essential punish. <laughs> exactly. It'll pay off in dividends one day. I'll be baller. I'll be, we'll, have, out. we'll have a woofy island by that yeah. point. The Dream Club we'll island. On easy street. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Daddy, thank you so much for filling in this week. It's been so, so lovely thank to you have you on me. the podcast, you beautiful thing. Um, and thank you for listening to another episode of Rook and Linda Dream Club. We will be back next Wednesday, but until then, join our Dream Club and follow us at the Dream Club podcast on Instagram. Hit that subscribe button, hit that little heart button, never miss an episode, and leave us a little review if you can write one somewhere. Right, actually, you know what? Go onto Facebook, write a little tell <laughs> tell me what you're thinking. Just write a review there out of context. Yeah, send that to your parents and grandparents yeah. who are friends with you on Facebook. Um, we want to see what you're doing while you listen. 
moment as well. So tag us in a pic and show us where you're listening from and go and tell all your friends. Until next week. Oh, wait, one more thing. Vote for us in the Australian Podcast Awards. It's happening next Thursday on the 2nd of December. So it's crunch time, people. Log on to the link. It's in the show notes. It's on our Instagram at the Dream Club Podcast. All you have to do is just type in Brooke and Linda's Dream Club and hit submit. It's so easy. People's choice. Let's do it, Woofies. Do it. Choose us. We love you and we'll speak to you next Wednesday. Boy. Bonk. Bonk. Oh, stop it. Bonk. Bonk. It's crazy. It's like everywhere. Yay, we did it, Tate. Listener Production.